0: Welcome back, everyone. We're Simply Bitcoin. We break down the news, the daily fail, meme review, software releases, hardware releases, and the pleb sites. Joining us today, very special guest, fellow Bitcoiner and reformed hedge fund manager, James Lavish. James, it is a great honor to have you join us. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for having me, guys. Awesome. All right. Hopefully, we don't freak him out too much. Let's, on, on that note, let's dive into the numbers, Nico. It's time
1: another time brought to you by noddle they make some of the best bitcoin nodes, like the noddle dojo the one i'm holding in my hand yes it's in red that means it's faster you could run your own version of bitcoin core and the lightning network all in the comfort of your own home remember guys if you don't run your own bitcoin node you are trusting someone else's and that's very bad for privacy to say the least so get yourself a bitcoin node today like the noddle. At the time of
0: this recording, the block height is 734,141. The Bitcoin price, 38,420. 420. (laughs) 420. Chain rewrite day, 702. Total public lightning capacity, 3674.13. Moscow time, 2603. Blocks to the halving, 105,858. And the Samurai Whirlpool unspent capacity. Samurai Whirlpool is a collaborative spend coin join and it is not a mixing service unspent capacity in that pool is 4508.31 BTC Nico these numbers are boring
1: yeah they're boring <laughs> I'm gonna keep saying it Bitcoin is the new stable coin anyways I want to talk we've already talked about this today but I want to talk about it again because it's developed uh and also some very interesting videos have come out in the last couple of days, but I want to emphasize, guys, you know the drill. We are apolitical in the traditional fiat parties. We don't stand for left or right. We stand for Bitcoin, meaning we stand for for freedom, right? And, you know, unfortunately, you know, some some there's moments in history where one party stands for that, one party doesn't stand for that, and we just happen to be in this moment in history. So, That being said, let's check this out. Uh, I think this New York Post uh, article does it justice. I'm just gonna read a little bit. It says, uh, Biden blasted for policing free speech with dystopian disinformation bureau. Uh, It says, President Biden came under fire Thursday for the creation of a dystopian disinformation bureau created under Homeland Security Department, which which critics are blasting as just a way for the government to police free speech online. So here's the thing. Homeland Security Department, that's a law enforcement agency. They have a lot of guns, right? So, uh, anyways, moving on. Uh, This is uh, Jen Pisaki. She is... uh, No, before I get to that, let me play this. Uh, This is the the lady who is heading the new department. Um, My comment on this, without stepping on too many toes, is I just don't think someone that is... uh, Producing this type of content should be the head of a law enforcement agency policing speech. Anyways, I'm going to just play 15 seconds. Your ears might explode. You've been warned.
0: Honoring is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious. By saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet so. Disinformation's origins are slightly less atrocious. It's how you're...
1: Oh, man. Okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, this is Jen... So, hold on. Hold yeah. on a second.
0: we We've reached the nursery rhyme stage of this timeline. Is
1: that uh, listen, what just happened to us? Listen, at least when they step us into the gulags, the music will be good, right? Um, anyways, here's Jen Pisaki And, uh, you know, clearly, you know, some of the media is asking about, you know, the new bureau. Uh, let's see what she has to say in regards to the new head of the disinformation bureau, Nina, Uh, let's see what she has to say and keep in mind the video that you just saw. Uh, Let's check this out. She's an expert on online disinformation. She was formerly in the Wilson Center's disinformation, she was formerly a disinformation fellow at the Wilson Center. She's testified before Congress, as well as the United Kingdom and European Parliament advised a Ukrainian foreign minister particularly relevant in this moment, under the auspices of a Fulbright Public Policy Fellowship and overseeing Russia and Belarus programs at the National Democratic Institute. Any hiring decisions are up to the Department of Homeland Security, but this is a person with extensive qualifications. Um, She's an expert. So, one more thing before we riff on it, Uh, this is the First Amendment of the US Constitution, Uh, Congress should make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech. So in my opinion, uh, even with all her qualifications and whatnot, um, I don't think that a government bureaucrat in charge of a lot of people with guns should get to dictate what is free speech and what is not free speech. That is a very, very slippery slope. Every single dictatorship, whether it's on the left or right, had a similar bureau just under a different name, whether that's Nazi Germany or whether that's the Soviet Union. They had some version of the Ministry of Truth, right? Very, very scary stuff. I think this is the American version of the Pravda, which was the 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 Soviet Union's state newspaper or whatever. So the point is, is that this is a very slippery slope. And the reason that this, you're hearing this in simply Bitcoin is because very simple reason, right? Money or, or exchanging of money is a type of speech, right? So, and, and Bitcoin completely is the antithesis of any censorship type of form of money. So in Bitcoin, it doesn't care where you're from, where, you know, what religion you are, what country you are, you can transact with somebody else. All you have to do is download a Bitcoin wallet. So, right, are are we heading into a future where, you know, the government is deciding what type of speech or not? How long until they come after Bitcoin, right? If they don't allow you to say certain things, or if they don't want you saying certain things, why would they allow you to transact because that's a form of speech, right? So anyways, this is very alarming. This is the second time we've covered it this week. I never could have imagined that the U.S. would do something like this. Anyways, James, what are your thoughts on this?
2: First of all, just wow. I mean, I, I, I was blown away when I saw it. I, I, look, I, I'm a little bit older than you guys. So I grew up in the 80s uh, with the USSR. Right. And I remember what it was like watching uh, some of the they would show us some of the propaganda that that the citizens were being shown and the anti anti U.S. propaganda in particular, and just how much information they were flooding their citizens with. And to have a centralized uh, party or centralized, um, you know, body that is uh, that is just deciding, determining what the message is going to be, what what the citizens are going to hear and what they're going to believe. I mean, North Korea, China, USSR, and now again, Russia is going back towards that, uh, that system of, of information. And you know, the state owned televisions and state owned press, they, they deliver exactly what that party or that, uh, that powerful leader wants them to hear. So, wow, i mean there's just (laughs) we we better we we better unwind this quickly that's what i think really quickly
1: i agree i i think this is this is the line that has to be drawn and it's just a step too far like this it's is cuz essentially they're setting a precedent for you know what the government thinks is approved narrative and what is a what is not approved narrative what, and talk about misaligned incentives are you are you trying to tell me if something comes out that makes the government look bad it's not going to be labeled as disinformation like it's a very very slippery slope and i don't think it's a coincidence that this happened 2 days after elon bought twitter and wanted to wanted to have freedom of speech so very very interesting to see how this is going to play out and very scary as well i'm just happy i live in florida anyways phil what are your thoughts on this
0: yeah i'm starting to feel like we're living in a parody uh especially after seeing that video i i mean look i i understand that we're supposed to be very impressed by the credentials and the capability of you know these people to memorize a lot of data and then regurgitate it so that somebody else can feel like they taught them something this is all fantastic But at the end of the day this is really scary it's exactly what you guys said this is really scary stuff i can't believe that this is actually happening here in the us um the fact that this but the fact that this organization falls under department of homeland security that should worry us even more i don't think people really understand what the implications of that are right department of homeland security is also ice right they are also border patrol like this is not, I, I don't understand why this person and their organization falls under that group. And well, I think, I think, scary.
2: yeah, I think that they, they probably put it under that that, uh, that group because they want to show just how powerful it is, right? And that it's not a joke, you know? It's not, when the Space Force came out at first, it was just a big joke. Like, this is, they're, they're labeling this in a, a security zone for, from DC, you know? So this is, they're peacekeepers. I mean, we're you know, this is uh, this is no different than than the Hunger Games. Now we're, we're going right towards having the capital control the United States. It's it is nuts. So, yep. yeah, but it, it's, it's a problem.
1: It's absolutely terrifying. Yeah. And moments like these really highlight the importance of Bitcoin because Bitcoin allows you to opt out. Right. Um, where before you didn't even have an option. Um, so yeah, very, very scary stuff. You know you guys know the Joe. We'll stay on top of it as it develops. <laughs> Perhaps Phil and I will be labeled misinformation in a couple of months. Coming soon. I don't know. Who I, knows? I, no, I,
2: I hope this episode
1: airs. <laughs> oh no, it always does. <laughs> the the ner- the, nervi- the nervous chuckle. Um but yeah, so and and just to kind of give you guys like a real life example of what we've partaken that would have been labeled misinformation we were actually you know and a lot of other Bitcoiners um, we were calling for inflation for or higher inflation for uh, an extended period of time while the media was still touting out the government you know talking points of uh, transitory inflation it's the supply chains now it's Russia somehow right (laughs) they blame everything but the fact that they're printing a record amount of money And they were calling anyone that said otherwise disinformation, right? It really sets the, you know how dangerous this is, and now that information could be deemed dangerous by the Department of Homeland Security. That's a law enforcement agency. Those are people with guns, right? It's very, very scary, very scary, scary stuff.
0: You know what? It just got me thinking, right? Because doesn't that kind of bring in the, the this kind of terrorism aspect, right? Oh, to God. quote unquote misinformation. No, because I'm serious, right? DHS. The part that th- th- that's what they do. Right? They're the border patrol part of it is the you know part of their mandate right is is to you know impede terrorism and stuff like that so you put this organization under them and then all of a sudden it's not very difficult to make the leap that oh you know what what this group is saying or what these people are saying you know this is disinformation but it's borderline terrorism yeah i'm, I'm telling you like it's we're not far from this kind of stupidity
1: it's it's a very it's a very scary scary development but anyways phil it's time for
0: the daily fail brought to you by amber app check them out amber.app look if you're not mining you're gonna go and have to buy and you're gonna stack sats stack with amber it is an app by bitcoiners low fees fair spread smart automation the link is down below amber
1: the smart way to stack sats
0: it looks like our topic from the numbers is bleeding into the beginning of our fail So here we go. This was, uh, this was a Pedro McCormack retweet, uh, from, from Elon. Elon said, For Twitter to deserve public trust, it must be politically neutral, which effectively means upsetting the far right and the far left equally. I can, I, you know what? It's not a bad take from Elon. That, that makes sense, right? We're, we're not going to agree on everything, and this is why conversation has to take place. All right. Let's read Pedro's take. An impossible task. Free speech. End of opinion observation and questioning censorship will bring more of the far right back to Twitter and push the far left away. Note this is an observation, not an opinion. Okay. So, yeah, cuz he doesn't want to he doesn't want to take shit for it, right? He just wants to be able to say it, but he doesn't want to he doesn't want to take shit for that take. Okay? So, that's that's a strange implication. Why would he make that implication? Why automatically create the assumption that Two opposing that, that people from opposing groups can't possibly come together, discuss things, come to a compromise, and figure out how to do something correctly for once. I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, but like this happens all the time. Human beings cooperate all the time. Like, you know, as much as we shit on the fiat world and everything like that, we've still managed to create incredible technology. There's still incredible cities, right? There are great things that are happening. So this ridiculous idea that you can't possibly, you know, that, that, it's, that, that, that it's impossible to have a platform that allows this type of free speech I think that this is psychotic, and it's part of the problem. Like, I wouldn't be pushing that narrative, especially not with a gigantic platform like that. I, Anyways,
1: I would agree. I would agree with his opinion. To be honest, I, I think yes. he's spot on. It's um, not his opinion, Nico. Uh, oh, his, Just an his observation. His, his observation. I think that in this particular moment in history, I, I want to keep emphasizing that. Right. Um, in this particular moment in, in history, I think that you know the political left, unfortunately you know, it, it, which blows my fucking mind because we live in the US and the left was a main proponent of of, of free speech for the longest time. And it was actually the right that was censoring a lot of stuff, right? You know, because of their, you know, a lot of religious conservatives, right? So, uh, you know, it's very strange, right? That, that they're for censoring certain type of speech and certain types of, of of ideas it, it's a very very strange phenomenon and i actually agree with elon in the sense that i think it's it's vital for democracy to have open and free discussion right and for bitcoin i might add right you need that even though it's it, on the protocol level bitcoin does that so it's kind of immune from this stuff which is why i believe right They're they're so against proof of work in my opinion right so uh anyways james what are your thoughts on this
2: i i think you're right we, and and not just that the the um the alignment has completely flipped from when i was a kid you know or even a little bit before that in the 60s i mean peace love you know anti-war and it's completely flipped it's crazy they just want control the the left wants control they want censorship i mean it's it they it's nuts but um so you but that's one thing but then the second thing is just it's polarized right so the the views have been just pulled so far apart that's why the far left and the far right are not speaking but if you think about it I mean, most of the people I know are somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're not super far left. They're not super far right. They're in the middle and they they're not represented right now. So that's that's another total issue with our political party system here in in the United States, having a two party system and having them completely polarized. But um, I don't know if you guys saw the the tweet that uh, that Kyle Bass put out this morning. And uh, he's pretty hard conservative, but he put out an an, Post this morning that showed the political donors and the num- the money that came from the percentage of of uh, donors that came from the left versus the right, the the Democrats versus the uh, the Republicans in each of the major companies in America. It went from Netflix, you know, uh, Twitter, all and and Apple, all the way down. It was fascinating to see just how far skewed it was left. And so the people working at these companies at Netflix and and at uh, at Twitter, I mean, they just have a very there it is. It, I mean, it's it's skewed. I mean, it's re- it, 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 that's reality right there. That's that's federal data.
0: Yep. And this is just what they recorded. I, I, I can tell you that the company I worked for um, was had their political PAC committee. And, you know, you're not supposed to. So it's interesting, right? You you sign documentation that says that in no way will the company try to persuade you uh, or your political views. But come and sit down and pay attention to our political, uh, you know, our political action committee. And we are going to talk to you why you should vote for so and so party.
1: Yeah, right. so, yeah. exactly.
2: Okay. So it, it, I think it is problematic. You know, there, it's not it's not a level playing field right now. Um, so, you know, I, I would like to see it level that's that's where i'd like to see it period i
1: agree i agree but it's funny because once it gets leveled that the right will tend to want to push it to because it's a fucking pendulum that's that's the issue and that's what bitcoin solves It, it essentially takes the power away from people the ability to censor in the first place right because the right is like oh freedom of speech freedom of speech but you know that once they start getting accumulating a little bit more power they'll be like you know what We have to start censoring, you know, anything that the right censors. That's the fundamental issue is that if you have the power to censor, you're going to use it to your political advantage. And that's the crux of the issue. And that's what makes Bitcoin so unique and so important. Anyways, Phil, what is the next fail?
0: All right, let's dive into it. This is a tweet from Caitlin Long. Uh, I think it was Icy Osinot or Toxicat or I'm, I'm not sure, one of the fellow plebs that tagged us in it. Let's take a look at this one. Whoa, no wonder why big banks fight us so hard. Excerpt from comment letter to the Fed by Wise. Wells Fargo and JP Morgan are the two banks that originate 50% of ACH payment volume. Banks charge a markup of up to 100%. So ripe for disintermediation by Bitcoin, that's right. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, You know, if you've dealt with the banking system long enough, you completely understand that you're paying for absolutely nothing in many instances for services right as a regular customer i mean look they 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 charge you a fee for administration and they do absolutely nothing it's all just hosted online this is all just paid for they get to write it off it's part of their expenses and they still just charge you for it anyways whatever let's pretend it's not happening and we're not living in clown world right right it's not really happening okay so let's read this little excerpt As Wise indicated in our previous letter, the status quo presents significant competition and risk issues. Two banks originate nearly 50% of ACH transactions in the US, and it's these same two banks that originate payments for many large payments companies, adding single point of failure risks to these systems. Further, in the US, the direct cost of a Fed ACH origination is only 35 cents or less but banks may charge other financial institutions as much as 35 cents or more for origination services a potential markup of 100x end users ultimately absorb these costs and this is exactly the point okay it's that end users do end up absorbing these costs and really there's no reason no reason whatsoever for us to have to pay this There really isn't. And this is why they are not going to seed ground to Bitcoin easily, okay? This is one of the main reasons a lot of these institutions completely understand that they make money for doing absolutely nothing. In a Bitcoin world, they are not gonna be able to make money for doing absolutely nothing. They just won't. They will have had to have provide some type of a value, some type of a service, some type of a product that people find value in it, that are willing to exchange their Bitcoin for, Anyways, it's just, look, you know what? Shout out to Caitlin Long for for putting that out there because really, I think that people don't understand how much these institutions are making for doing little to nothing. I I actually one time asked them to document for me because they tried to raise my, uh, my fee, like my monthly fee. So I said, look, I go, when I raise prices for a customer Uh, i have to tell them what added service or value i am providing for increasing my rates i have to have a legitimate reason so can you please tell me what added service or value i'm getting for this fee and and they said nothing (laughs) yeah literally literally they just said nothing and and they just said well this is a fee that we charge and it's going up like they don't have a reason
1: I can't believe that people do this. (laughs) Dude, I, I, you know, I've, the, the, send a wire transfer and then send a Bitcoin transaction. You'll see how this ends. Right. Uh, that, that, that is my response to this. Right. You know, I, 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 I've kind of set up my bank, you know, that, so like I could, I have this little, like, you know, this little thing that changes kind of like 2FA, but for your bank, so I could send wires from home but most people don't have that and you have to go and you have to go to the bank and you have to sign all this paperwork to send a wire and even when i do send it at home it's this is so archaic and why do i have to pay 30 dollars no matter how much money i'm sending it's a fixed 30 dollar fee and now phil is telling me that it's 35 cents origination fee so it's like holy crap these people are just milking it right and you compare it to bitcoin you could not only is it pennies or dollar or maybe a dollar or two if you want to send it really fast you could send it all over the world it's instantaneous instantaneous you're gonna get it the other person's gonna say hey i got it it might not have confirmed right it's just a better system this is an archaic system perhaps you could have made the argument that this was the best solution at the time but now there's a better solution and just to kind of give people context on who caitlin long is she's behind the wyoming bitcoin bank charter right? So she's behind a cup. So Kraken is doing one, Avanti, which is the one that Caitlin Long is behind. And they're trying to set up essentially these banks that accept Bitcoin. They facilitate Bitcoin transaction, aka Bitcoin banks in the state of Wyoming. And they've had incredible pushback just to get accepted. So now we know why. I Now we know one of the reasons why. Anyways, James, what are your thoughts on this?
2: Make sure I'm not muted. So um, first of all, going from a third of a penny to 35 cents. I mean, that's just, that's just, it's so egregious. It's so far, but they, but their argument would be, well, it's just 35 cents, you know, it's just 35, but it's still a hundred X you're right. It's, that's absurd. So, but to your point of, of, of wiring money, um, you know, being in investments and having private equity investments, we, we continue, I continuously have to wire money to, uh, to do these add on investments, you have capital calls and you have to wire money. That's just the way it works. You have to wire money to this private company. And they, you know, so because I'm with Wells Fargo and I've got a few banks I do it with, but because I'm with Wells Fargo, I have to go down there and sign a stack of papers. I mean, I'm not joking. It's a stack Mm -hmm. of papers and it takes me about 30 minutes, maybe sometimes, uh, sometimes slightly faster, but, and it, the wire may arrive the next day but if it doesn't it trips over a weekend it could get there on a monday or tuesday i mean it is Mm -hmm. absolutely absurd how much time how much money is wasted just with with somebody standing over it could all be automated we don't have to do this you know we could have it biometrics we could and you know uh nico like you're saying you could have You could have your continuously changing uh, token. So, you know, but they don't do that for every customer. You have to to go and have special approval and some banks just don't even do it. So, yeah, the Bitcoin, you can send a billion dollars from here all the way to San Francisco or from San Francisco all the way to Tokyo or to Germany. And it takes the same amount of time and it costs the same amount of money. You know, and just like you said, Nico, if you want to send it a little bit faster, maybe it'll cost you a dollar to send a billion. You know, I mean, come on. It's just it's it's so far it's it's so far ahead of the current banking system. You guys just defined exactly what the issue is. Now, I don't think that, you know, we could get into the, the dynamics of, of you know, fighting Bitcoin and um, and there being conspiracy or collusion against it. I don't think it's it's really collusion. I just think that there, there's people who are in positions of power who have benefited greatly from this system. And this system is the way they want it to stay. They don't want this system to change. It's as simple as that. You know, I mean, it, they, they're rewarded for this system. It's done very well for them, period. Yep.
0: I, I just want to point out I didn't see the decimal when I was reading and thank yeah, you very yeah, much yeah, for yeah, correcting yeah. James yeah. that was that that was a third of a cent that is correct yeah. to thirty five yeah. cents thank you yeah.
1: so uh, yeah no and absolutely and it was actually Peter Thiel had this he had an amazing uh pan, or it was a keynote during the Bitcoin conference and he's he's you know it, he he said it he's like look if Bitcoin wants to continue growing it needs to essentially you know, beat me, uh, peacefully these people. And he mentioned Jamie Dimon. And he mentioned Warren Buffett. He mentioned all these people that benefited tremendously from the fiat system. So that they're not incentivized to understand, you know, a better system. For In their eyes, this is the better system. But the beauty of Bitcoin is that it benefits everybody. Whereas in the fiat system, it just benefits this elite few of contillionaires, right? Like Max Keiser likes to call them. And yeah, man, it's, it's, it's disgusting. And just, just Nico,
2: just think of, just think of, you know, your kid, you're playing uh monopoly and you're cruising along and you're winning, like you're crushing it. And you've got two or three other players. You got your brother and your sister and a friend there, and they're getting kind of irritated and they're like, well, let's just start over. And you're the one who's winning. You're crushing it. And you're like, but I'm about to win. You know, why would you? No, I don't want to start over. I've got seven hotels and I've got park place and no, I don't. That's where we're at. I mean, yep. it's it, it's yeah. simple, but that's where we're at.
1: It's it's simple. but That's where we're at. I, I think Bitcoin's incentives will overcome this stuff, but you know, of course they weren't just going to give over the keys, you know, like these are, you know, it's, these are people that are very well funded and they benefit, but let, let's see how this plays out. It's going to be interesting to say the least, and it gives us plenty of fucking source material. So we could cover it on the fail in the news. But anyways, Phil, it's time for...
0: The Daily Meme Review.
1: Brought to you by Citadel21. It's the best Bitcoin cultural zine. It's stories, articles, comics by actual Bitcoiners. Every volume has different artwork. This is the artwork for volume 10. And this is the artwork for volume 11. It just released and they're scarce. There's only a thousand physical copies made per volume. Get your print of Citadel21 today before they run out. All right, everybody, welcome to the Daily Meme Review, where we cover memes, because memes are a very important part of Bitcoin culture, and they are serving as a weapon in this narrative trench warfare that we're fighting in the peaceful revolution. Anyways, let's check it out. First, a Reddit meme. How much Bitcoin is enough Bitcoin? I don't have enough Bitcoin. Buys more Bitcoin. <laughs> this is totally accurate. It's so true. It's like, it feels good momentarily. You're like, oh fuck, you know? Like okay. Yeah, for
0: a second, you're like, I stacked. I'm
1: like, damn it, I don't have enough. Okay, when somebody asks you why you have an old car, a cracked phone, and only twelve dollars in your bank account while having a good job, you wouldn't get it. <laughs> No, it's so true. Like my normie friends, they look at me like a psychopath. It's like, what do you mean you don't have a car? It's like, dude, this car is expensive. I work from home. You know, and they're living the Fiat lifestyle, bro. Buying a Porsche, Lamborghini. It's like, it's like, come on, bros. Anyways. Lambos. Lambos. And I live in Miami. So it's it's like, this is it's the actual place. Lambos. This is the place to buy that car. Oh, Anyways.
2: It's Lambo country. Yep.
1: <laughs> yep, it is. Okay, so this is Roger Ver. Apparently, he came back. Uh, if regular oh, people are using, up. are all using custodial wallets, Bitcoin will have a lot ha- have lost a key property that made it so revolutionary. I actually agree with Roger there. Uh, To be honest, Roger, Bitcoin can never be used as money without privacy. And this is HODL never soddle. Bitcoin Lightning Network fixes this already. Wait for more. Tell me the truth. I'm ready to hear it. Lightning will kill your shit coin. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Moving on. Um, All right. This is why we are huge advocates of Bitcoin only. Uh, If you zoom out, Bitcoin remains king over time. Uh, if you are looking in the short term, your Bitcoin, your shitcoin might outperform Bitcoin, but that's only for a short period of time. Uh, and this, this chart really highlights that, right? All of these little shitcoins, right? All these little lines are shitcoins, right? And this is the performance, the percentage performance of Bitcoin over time. And here are the shitcoins, right? So, dude, yes, in the short term, they might outperform Bitcoin. But over the long term, they do not. None of them do. Those
2: are the top twenty-four, twelve. Yep,
1: points. yep, yep. Those are those are only the top. That
2: That has survival bias in it, right there.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> This it's is like 8,
0: true. Thousand others that like don't this, even show up there.
1: This is true. This is true. Um, <laughs> all right. Here is uh, from Stranger Things. The only reason why the government would want to disarm you after 243 years is because they intend to do something that you would shoot them for. Yeah, I agree. This is a good one. Um, not Bitcoin related. Awesome, Phil. Kind of. So we're just shitting on the left today, aren't we? Oh, no, man. No, we're not. I'm sorry, our lefty friends, because we do have a lot of them. Yeah. I'm sorry. This That was Phil's fault. Um, all right. Next Nico. one. Next one. RD underscore BTC. Bitcoin gives you the ability to levitate above the fiat world, and it's all BS politics. And this is exactly why we say we are apolitical, because... Nope. Bitcoin fixes this, and there's a lot of things that the left and the right, people on the left and the right, friends of ours, have in common, but because of fiat, it makes them feel like they're fucking mortal enemies, where it's- they're not. The money has been stealing from you this entire time. Anyways, uh, so I think this meme really highlights that. Moving on to that next one, by Gigglesma. Me sending flat ass memes to help the cause, high IQ plebs discussing BIP119. Phil, you're you're just picking these today, bro. Why? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, the high IQ person is Donald Trump. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I just look at the message. Simply,
1: simply Bitcoin became an alt right Bitcoin oh, no. podcast. Oh, these man.
0: Memes. We didn't make the memes.
1: All right, moving on. Next one Bitcoin meme library. What savings? Millennials, millenni- millennials trying to save for a house. Inflation. It's so true, especially in South Florida. Last two years, 40%, right? It's absolutely freaking insane home prices. But, anyways, those are some awesome memes. Phil, Uh, for that, I'm going to give it a very special. Lucho Paletti, uh, shout out to you, brother. He signed it himself. Thank you, man. Love your art, bro. This is my score. Anyways, Phil, what do you give those memes? I am prepared. I am prepared. Those were great memes,
0: and I am going with another Swede Toshi original. That's right. Not Taco Bell, but Taco Plebs.
1: Taco Pleb. Mm. That's right. Good scores, good scores. Anyways, James, what would you give those awesome I would memes? Give,
2: so I would give that uh, those awesome memes, were they were a little bit mixed with the Trump being a high IQ, brilliant. So I would give that kind of a half an AirPods case. Half, not full, but half.
0: I don't think we've gotten that as a score yet. Very nice. Is it so, half? But, the, yeah. the,
2: but they have the potential to be just the, the best... You know, earphones ever. Uh, They're so uh, close. <laughs> wow, we're getting cosmic,
1: very so, cosmic. So it's, it's it's not a half it's not a half empty AirPods case. No, It's a half no. full AirPods half case. Half full.
2: Yeah, and you know, we still we're in we're in it.
1: <laughs> I like that. We're close. I You're like close. that. I like that. Anyways, guys, we want to know if you agree with our scores. You disagree. Let us know down in the comment section. Make sure to join our Telegram group and link us some dank 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 Bitcoin memes to review and subscribe to us on alternative video platforms like Rumble.com and our personal favorite BitcoinTV.com. They don't censor there because Bitcoin TV. Anyways, Phil, it's time for
0: the Daily News.
1: Brought to you by CryptoCloaks.com. They make some of the best 3D printed Bitcoin merch like the famous. 3d printed bitcoin art sculpture grenade opens up you put your favorite hardware wallet in there it also comes in any color you want yes that means it comes in gold and this must give peter schiff a heart attack because it's a gold bitcoin art grenade sculpture yeah that's right and you can take advantage of the link down below to get five percent off cryptoCloaks.com. all right everybody we say we're not a hopium channel we say we don't speculate but we do bring guests that do that and they do it very well with their awesome creds and james is one of them anyways let's check it out bitcoin will eventually be worth over 1 million dollars per coin how pure math There are currently 700 trillion of global investment assets bonds 137 trillion stocks 117 trillion real estate 219 trillion art and collectibles 222 trillion gold 10 trillion m2 130 trillion total 706 trillion dollars at 42 k per coin bitcoin market cap 900 billion point 13 percent of global assets as individuals and asset managers learn about and gain comfort in bitcoin this number grows one percent equals seven trillion three hundred and thirty seven k bitcoin two percent equals six hundred and six six hundred and sixty seven k bitcoin and three percent equals One million dollar Bitcoin, forget stock to flow, use case valuation models, or other scenarios. This is simple math. You're starting to sound like Greg, Mr. Lavish. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, okay. So, a couple questions, right? Um, First, uh, an observation. $22 $22 trillion in arts and collectibles? What the fuck is wrong with people? Okay, that's number one it's actually, it's actually,
2: It's actually higher now. I, I've, I've revised that up to $30 trillion.
1: <gasps> Jesus. Um, okay, so James, um, obviously these are very bullish numbers. I, so I have a buddy of mine. I've, I've brought him up a couple times on this show. Um, so I have a buddy of mine. He works in the wealth management of Goldman Sachs here in mm-hmm. Miami. And I, we were, I've been trying to orange pill this guy for five years now, right? And he's my age, right? Um, And he still doesn't get it. He's like, it's volatile. I can't offer that to my client. So you have to understand the type of clients he has, right? He doesn't have someone who's trying to make money. He's trying, he's, he's having clients that want to conserve their wealth, right? They have over $10 million dollars. They want mm-hmm. to conserve that, right? They took, you know, they had, they made risky investments in their youth. They were an entrepreneur. They started a company. They made a bunch of money. Now they just want to conserve it. And I said, <laughs> I, I don't, oh, fuck. I name dropped him. I'll beep that out. I said, now you guys heard it already. I said, uh, John Smith, uh, do you not understand that you're hurting your clients? If you don't put 1% of their wealth in Bitcoin, they're going to fire you. And he's he's not taking it seriously. And I I don't think one percent is too crazy. I think Bitcoin has surpassed this. You know, it it went from, I would say, a risky investment to I would say right now it's a necessary investment. I would say if you don't have especially for those types of risk tolerance people, if you don't have at least one percent of your portfolio investment in Bitcoin, I think you're actually hurting your client more than you're helping your client. What would you say about that, James?
2: Um, well, a few things. First of all, it sounded like Greg. Well, Greg and I talk all the time, and that's how he found me. I think he found me. Uh, we, we got on stage together. We were talking the same language. You know. I mean, I traded risk arbitrage. I traded uh, uh, merger arbitrage, and I was, I've been a risk manager forever. And so we kind of see the, the world the same way. We calculate things the same way. And so when I first did the calculation that you're seeing and another one that, uh, that shows a probability analysis, they're binary probability analysis that we that we use uh, when you're when you're looking at event uh, event with binary outcomes, and so you know we we speak the same language. But back to your point, um, look, there's there's a uh, a small chance that in the next decade you have a complete collapse of the U.S. dollar, right? I mean, it's not a very big chance, but it's not non-zero. I mean, it is a non-zero chance for sure. It's not zero probability. So, um, but the thing is, if you have an all-out collapse, and I wrote a whole thread about this at, um, a, a few months ago, I think. And if if you have an all-out collapse of, of fiat, like you've seen in Venezuela, it happens so fast that you don't have time to adjust you know um just weeks before the ukraine was attacked i i put out a post i said i hope that the ukrainian people i hope some of them i hope they own some bitcoin and my point wasn't that so they could get rich my point was that they need to be able to monetize their assets and move them with them right so that was a that was a war case scenario but when you have a collapsing fiat when you when you're your currency is devaluing and debasing so rapidly that you can't keep up with it. Well, everything that you own is going to be revalued into whatever becomes the form of money, right? So if the form of money is gold, then it, it gets repriced in, in gold. And if you don't own any gold, you you don't have, you know, you don't have that as a currency. If you don't own any of these assets, you don't have that as a currency. So Bitcoin is the best, safest, the the uh, purest form of insurance against a fiat collapse that you can that you can find. Greg will go into uh, all the gamma and theta, you know, uh, optionality of it. My my take, and I agree with him on that. It's a little bit uh, it's a little bit too complicated for for this discussion. But the point is that if you have just one percent of your assets, right? Go back to the the valuation that that you just went through with mine, w- with my analysis, which, if there are $700 trillion of investable assets, there's over there's over a quadrillion dollars of total assets in the world, including all the debt, right? So if you have, if you have Bitcoin become the world though it it becomes the base currency of the world you know not just the the reserve asset but the reserve currency well those numbers you're talking about swallowing basically all of it right so if you if it if you have investors okay that own just just a few percent and bitcoin does what i think it's going to do which is it's going to become a a core asset in portfolios and it's going to be in a separate asset class which means that that people want to buy the rias the investment managers they're going to want to own at least one two three percent of this in their portfolios it's a separate class right as insurance and as an appreciating insurance against the fiat collapse now what does Mm -hmm. the fiat collapse look like well fiat collapse looks like all of that all of that monetary existence gets swallowed into that new base currency. And if that's Bitcoin, well, you're talking about Bitcoin not becoming worth $1 million. You're talking about it becoming worth multiple tens of millions of dollars. You know, like this, it, 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 it does that parabolic, uh, you know, appreciation where price discovery is just the swallowing of the, the, the net worth of the entire world you know, because everything, if you price everything in dollars right now, that's what you're looking at. If you price everything in Bitcoin, well, take all the dollars out of it and you're left with Bitcoin, right? You guys with me on the math of this, if you just have, so you're going to make more than a hundred times your money from this point, $40,000 Bitcoin, you're easily going to be a hundred times that if you have in, in a catastrophic collapse of the currency system, the current system, right? So if you have 1%, and that doesn't happen, let's say there's a nation state attack across the world, and they somehow figure out how to kill it. And Bitcoin goes to zero. Again, I don't think that that's a that's a uh, um, it's not a 0% chance, it's non zero, but I think it's it's super, super, super unlikely. This is a this is the 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 best most positive the most positive asymmetric opportunity I've ever seen in my investing career. So put that over here, okay? But if you do have a collapse, then you own one percent in your portfolio and it goes up a hundred times. Well you've just saved the rest of your portfolio. Mm-hmm. Right? So now your one percent has become a hundred percent. So you're still You've, you, have, you have protected your entire net worth with that 1%, and you probably have grown it. You probably are worth more than you were before that. If you own 0%, your net worth collapses, right? You don't know what that's going to be worth. It's going to be worth a fraction of what it was. We don't know exactly what it'll be worth because we don't know what real estate does. We don't know what you know. your other, it depends on what you own, okay? But the point is, if you own 1% and Bitcoin collapses, and for whatever reason, it doesn't work, you still have 99% of your portfolio. How can you not own any? That makes absolutely no sense. It is ludicrous to think that if you're an investment manager in today's world, you know this is out there. You're seeing the adoption from nation states. You're seeing Fidelity add it to their 401k programs. You know, you're seeing places like Fort Worth and Texas embrace it, mine it, build out their grid on the back of it. And you still are, you're, you're, you're believing that it's not going to work, that it's a Ponzi scheme that it, you know, that to me is reckless. If you don't just own a little bit, I'm not saying own five, 10, 15, 20%. There are a lot of our listeners that they have their net worth in it. That's fine. That's not me. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I, I like I said I'm a risk manager, and I I've got a lot of different investments, you know, and one of them is Bitcoin, and but if you if you're an investment manager and you're managing other people's money, and you don't have any exposure for them in this asset class, I think that that's reckless.
1: So beautifully put. I'm going to send it to him. So James, what? does fiat collapse need to happen in order for this to play out
2: um okay so you're, you, well, you're watching right now things that are happening across the world right so so you're, you're seeing japan and the japanese yen just it's down like 20 percent uh in the last number last few months okay and what's happening there is japan has announced the bank of japan has announced that they're going to stand on the 10 year and buy every single bond in order to keep that, that yield at 0.25%, right? So they're what that's called yield yield curve, sorry, yield curve control. And so they're standing there buying every single bond. Okay. So what does that, what, what, what happens then? So as they're buying those bonds, they're buying them from, from international investors or from corporations, whoever has them. Right. And those they're buying them by printing yen. Okay. Buying those bonds, the, whoever the seller was gets those yen for that. Right. And then if you're foreign, you're selling those yen. So the, 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 the the yen then collapses in value. Right. So that's it's, there has to be a release valve for all of that pressure from from those bonds and from that, you know, that, that dynamics between the treasuries, the the the, uh, the bonds, the Japanese bonds, and their currency. And that and that release valve is the yen. So we're watching that happen in real time. Well, Japan can do a few things. They own US treasuries and there there are a few things they can do to shore it up, but in the end, they have to print to oblivion. That's what's going to happen. I don't know when it happens, but the yen is going to collapse. I don't. I, I'm not saying it's going to happen this year or next year. It, these things take a long time. But on the backside of that, the next one to go is the euro. They've got all those southern states that have absolutely terrible financials. Their GDP is not keeping up with their debt, and they're 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 living on the backs of the Germanys and the and you know. Uh, and then the northern European states. Okay. And that's not going to be able to be sustained. So that's the next one to collapse. So what happens is they all go into the dollar, you have this kind of a dollar milkshake, you've heard the dollar milkshake theory. And the dollar will be the last one to to, uh, fail, but it will fail eventually. It's the math doesn't work. Why? because glo- global GDP if you take out Russia and China and say that they have their own currency right they go to the 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 one ruble okay and we're the rest of the Western world is on the dollar basically that that Western world's GDP does not sustain the debt that we have it doesn't cover it so eventually you just have to keep printing and printing and printing and printing and printing in order to keep inflation going, in order to inflate away your your past debt. So the numbers, if you if you just think about the numbers, your GDP, if it's if it's three to four times the you know, if your debt is three to four times your GDP, your nomin your nominator, your, your numerator of your denominator, right? If you, if you just look at the math on that, then you, this has to be three or four times your denominator to catch up. And it will – have you ever heard of GDP, sustained GDP at 20 plus percent?
1: No. It's impossible. Hell no. Yeah. It's not possible. It's not possible. It's simply not possible. Yeah. So
2: it, it will eventually I mean, it, collapse. In
1: a, in a developing country – perhaps right but in the developed right. country fuck no that, that no i don't see it so i don't know
2: when it happens but it eventually has to climb. It, it just doesn't work the math so, doesn't work
1: so james and one last question before we tie yeah. things up um so right now you know and, and phil and i we're actually we're pretty accurate on this to give us credit us <laughs> plebs right um so where we stand from and we, we had Mark Moss come on the show and we were like, dude, are we, are we seeing this right? Um, how is the fed going to dig itself out of this hole? Because I, I see what you're describing and I see them kind of in a pickle, right? Cause it's like they raise rates, right? They stop buying bonds. They completely annihilate the economy, right? What's your other option? Print more money. If they print more money, more inflation, which actually benefits the government and it benefits the very, very wealthy that benefit from asset inflation, but everybody else gets short term, total short, short term. term. So, yeah. is this the begin? Of course, there's absolutely no way to do to, to know this. We're speculating, but is this the beginning of it? Because Max Kaiser and Jack Dorsey, I might add. Jack Dorsey said, "This is the beginning of hyperinflation." He got totally tranced on by the propaganda media. Kaiser same right so kind of a little bit different you can't uh you can't you, you can't what is it you can't stop a ponzi or something like that to his words right
2: yeah 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 yeah. you can't inflate away a, a there Ponzi. you go. yeah so
1: yeah. so are you what are your thoughts on the current situation is it the beginning of what you just described
2: well you know first of all you you've got to get to the the definition of hyperinflation right and hyperinflation is it, it's it's measured on on this Arbitrary measure that was that was created by economists that says if you have inflation that's fifty percent month over month, then that's hyperinflation. Okay, I mean, really? If my good, I I would argue that okay. Then what's superinflation? You know, if you go to the grocery store right now, it costs you it costs you about uh, what a hundred percent more than it did last year to drive there, right? From gas. Okay, then you get to the grocery store and your groceries are 30 to 45 percent more expensive that 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 impacts you. Right. So that feels like superinflation, maybe not hyperinflation because it's not completely out of control. But the start of it is how do you how do you reel that back in? Which, Nico, you just you just pointed out that, okay, you raise rates, you then you trash the economy. And your GDP goes it, it goes down. You Which know, you're has, take in, we're
1: in stagflation already because it already is going down. Right.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so that's a problem. So you know, so you can't. You don't want to crash the economy. You don't. You don't want to raise rates so so quickly that you crash the stock markets and the the capital markets because the capital markets are so intricately connected to our economy. You can't. We cannot kill. The, the financial economy of this country or else we do collapse, right? So the Fed, I kind of, I mean, I was, I picture the Fed as, as, a, as a teenage driver, you know? They they come off the line really hot, right? And sometimes they come off the, the line so hot that they they kind of swerve out of control. Okay, we did that, clearly. We came off the line really hot. We kept on the pedal, and we're swerving out of control with all the printing and now, you know, you you don't tap the brakes when you're a teenage driver. You slam on them, right? And so you hope that you don't get into an accident slamming on the brakes. Uh, if we raise rates 75 BIPs uh, basis points in this next meeting, that's a slamming of the brakes, especially as you see that we just had a negative GDP print, right? Mm-hmm. So what's their choice? Well- do they raise rates 50 basis points? Like the Fed is just reactionary. You know, they signal everything that they're going to do in order to tame the markets. And the, what, what does that do? The market's lower. All the multiples of companies come down. Their borrowing power decreases All right. So that causes a contraction of the economy and the financial instruments of this nation. And so if if you have that contraction, it does control inflation as long as inflation is due to those kinds of pressures. But when you print out of control. Right. And the, the inflation is because you've got BlackRock and Berkshire Hathaway buying buying tens of millions of homes across this nation, and sitting on trillions of dollars. That you know the 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 huge institutions you just saw today that the reverse repo um, window w- exchanged 1.9 trillion dollars. So what does that mean? 1.9 trillion dollars is in the system that doesn't have a home. It's just cash. It's the, there's so much money in the system still that it's sitting on the sidelines and they don't know what to do with it because it's too scary to buy treasuries right now. So what the, what do they do? They give it to the Fed in the overnight window, okay? And get they get a, a nominal rate of return on that and then they get it back the next day or 48 hours later. But instead of going out, that's that's massive liquidity in the system. Okay, so back to your point, Nico, how do you deal with that? Like what do you do with that part? It's in the system. What do you do? Right? So you've got if you're if you're the Fed, you have to somehow there it is, you have to somehow figure out a way to slow the economy without crashing.
0: Good luck.
1: Good Absolutely. luck. Absolutely. I, I agree. Phil, hit it, hit it. Closing I, thoughts. I just-
0: I, I just wanted to quickly say, as you're talking about the, the, the Fed reverse repo window, when Nico and I first started reporting on it about, I feel like it's eight months ago to a year. I could be wrong because Bitcoin screws up our time.
1: The plans we were, were ta- first.
0: <laughs> we we're talking about a number that was like 894 billion. And, and people were saying, and it was we a record. Going, and it was a record at the time. Yes, yeah. it was a record. And we were saying to ourselves, we're like, what
1: happens when this goes over a trillion? When does this stop? Remember, remember our reaction, Phil? So we had so we had a finance guy come on the show and explain it to us because I noticed I was like, Phil, we need someone to explain this to us. And they were explaining the reverse repo thing. And we were like, no, because it was worse. It was worse. Right. So Trump tried to slow the purchases of bonds. Right. And it caused the repo market crisis. Right. Now we're in the reverse repo market whatever so and when this person was explaining to us phil and i were like what the fuck is, this is crazy this is some fiat stuff you know so yeah it, it's, it's fiat, yeah. Magic. It's fiat it's, magic it's one
0: hand in one pocket going into the other
1: yeah it's the of magic. same entity yeah. <laughs> the ministry of magic that just created a ministry of truth uh but yeah It is absolute clown world. Buy yourself some Bitcoin, opt out. We we might not be able to explain it as beautifully as James, but we definitely do cover it very quickly. But anyways, Phil, there was an open source software release today. Why don't you tell everybody about it?
0: Software releases brought to you by CypherSafe. Check them out, cyphersafe.io. Don't do the paper. Don't do the tattoo. These are bad ideas. Store your seed in the cypher wheel or The all-new Cypher Grid. They both come with a tamper-resistant wire, but the grid comes with a punch tool. All right, we've got, this is an interesting piece of software relating to Lightning, right? It's not just like an update to, uh, you know, to the normal, well, I shouldn't say the normal, but the wallets and stuff like that that we normally cover. This is a software release called BlockTank. And what they do, BlockTank LSP is a set of software tools that businesses, apps, web platforms, or Bitcoiners can use to monetize the Lightning Network connection and automatically manage channel liquidity. Anyways, a link to that will be down below in the show notes. It sounds really cool. I definitely have to check it out. Don't forget to check us out on our audio-only platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. And if you want to stream us sats, check us out on fountain.fm. You could stream us sats with Breeze.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Phil. All right, guys, before we go, I want to give a very quick shout-out to our clothing sponsor, RepresentLTD.com. Phil and I wear the hoodies every single day. They just came out with Bitcoin merch, and you can take advantage of the link down below to get 10% off anything off the RepHard.com store. I also want to give a very special shout-out to our awesome guests. You can give them a follow on Twitter, at James Lavish. Definitely go subscribe to his Substack. He explains a lot of his stuff in his writings. Guys, that was the show. If you enjoyed the show, you know what to do. Smash that like button. Of course, if you want to continue hearing the Bitcoin news from the Plea pleb perspective and the catastrophic fails, definitely consider subscribing to Simply Bitcoin, and we'll see you. On Monday, guys, for a brand new episode.
0: I'm going to partially quote Nico on this one. Opt out of the ministry of magic money.
1: Boom!